on a jiu-jitsu match, when you make a mistake, it, there generally you can fix it. You know, there's, you know, and I, I would assume that that gets more the more skill you get. You know, you make a mistake, just get, you know, you get mounted. The fight's not over. You got to keep fighting. You got to, you know, figure out how to get out of it, reverse it, whatever you're going to do. Well, the fire service is the same. You can't just throw your hands in the air and say I give up after you made one mistake. If you, you know, you stretch your line and you come up short. You you better figure out how to get more line because you still got to put the fire out. It's so just being able to stay calm after a mistake's made and think through what you got to do next. Try to think, you know, one or two steps ahead if you can. You know, stay ahead of the game. Kind of the same thing Chase is saying, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's just it's just making you a, a ultimately a better problem solver. You know, and that's what firefighters are. You know, is you're supposed to solve problems. Welcome to the Firehouse Logbook Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Dawson, and this is take two for this episode with these guests, uh, thanks to some technical issues the last time we tried to do it. Uh, but to be more correct, my technical crew put the wrong memory card in the recorder, and it only recorded about 20 minutes of what we talked about. So, uh, And to be even more completely accurate, I'm the technical crew, so it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. uh, bad, bad on me. But, so, uh, th- but thanks you guys for coming again and trying this again. Uh, we recorded... Or tried to record back in December. It's been a couple of months since we did this. So uh, a couple of things have changed since then, but maybe we'll capture them. But um, all of these guys uh, we met, I met while well, we were all barefoot and sweaty, uh, but all of them have a fire service history as well as a history of uh, trying to choke one another out on the jujitsu mats. And I think I've got the most taps or being tapped or whatever you want to call it from these guys. So, uh, so uh, thanks to you guys. Let's uh, quick introductions going around the horn. Uh, Chase Blankenship from Henrico. Uh, Chase, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And uh, from Chesterfield, my old stomping grounds, Jesse Huckins. Hey, hey. Did I get it right? You got it right. right yeah. now, now for the real test. <laughs> from from the D.C. Fire Department, P.J. Van Meenan. Meenan. Close. Meenan. It's closer than the last time. <laughs> I, lis- I listened to the recording before and went, okay, I got to say it this way. So, uh, so hey, thank you, thanks you guys again for doing this. Um, you know, we've had some conversations on the mats after training and after drilling and rolling that uh, kind of were interesting. I thought it would be kind of cool to mm. capture and get on the record and share with people. So uh, that's kind of the overall goal. But uh, let's start with, with PJ. How did you get started in the uh, fire department? How did What, what brought you to D.C.? Uh, mostly uh, my uncle, it was a, he ended up retiring as a special ops chief. It, uh, so I kind of grew up around a bunch of guys from D.C. And uh, there's – just kind of followed followed footsteps, I guess. Always. How, how long ago did he retire? Probably, it's probably been 12, 13 years uh, now, I guess. Something still around? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, see he's another podcast alive. in our future, man. He's still alive and kicking. Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's got some stories to tell, oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yep. But uh, the last time we were together, you talked about how you got the job, and uh, you you come to the fire department out of the Marine Corps? I did. Yep. You joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, 17. And then uh, did – did my time there and it uh and i right at the very right at the very end it was i had to make a decision to re-enlist or or, uh or get out and i had uh i'd gotten hired in dc prince william county in northern virginia and uh new york all all at the same time and got the orders i wanted from the marine corps so i had four good tough choices to make and it uh Went with DC. Yeah. So one of that Marine job was being a DI. That would have been a cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what cool I, 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 that's what I was asking for in order to stay. And of course, the, the one time they gave me what I wanted. And <laughs> so they don't give you what you ask for every yeah, time. Believe, in the, believe in the it or not, that it. Uh, believe it or not, wow. uh, they, it. Uh, but yeah. So I, I had to make a decision, and that that's what I went with. Yeah, with DC. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, you, we talked earlier. I think the first day we met, I asked, "Hey, you know Dennis Rubin?" I do. Yep. And, uh, he was a chief for a while. He, he wouldn't know me, but I but I know him. He it, uh, he was our chief for, I guess three or four years maybe. It mm-hmm. uh, it uh, as far as I'm concerned, he one of, one of the better chiefs we've had since I was there. Yeah, the story you told about how when you you had a house fire. And I did. Yep. Yeah, my own it, my own house burnt down in, uh, I guess it was October of '06, and uh, he made it a point to to call me and you know check and make sure everything was okay he gave me his phone number and uh 
told me if I needed anything to call him. He had made sure when I got back to work the next day there was somebody there on overtime to uh, to make sure I got whatever I needed replaced, replaced. Um, he just he seemed like he genuinely cared. You know, he had no real reason to. He was it you know so far down the line that he wouldn't even have known who I was. But it uh, I never did call him on his cell phone, but he uh, he gave me the number and it seemed like a genuine offer that if I needed anything that, that I could have called him. I, I believe he would have. Yeah, I got to work with him a little bit in Chesterfield too, and have talked to him since. And uh, he's going to be on this podcast one day if we can ever cross paths physically. Cool. He's up in Pennsylvania now, so if we ever get together, he's going to, I'm going to have him on, and he's got some stories. Oh, no doubt. I, I've got the book, and some of the stories that, he, that are in the book are pretty interesting. I'm going to hear the, the other stories. Sure. <laughs> it, uh, he definitely he, – uh, he let the truth go. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, no question. What about you, Jesse? How did you get, uh, get to Chesterfield? What brought you to the fire service? I don't have it. <laughs> like a cool story or anything. Yeah. How I got here, I just – I got here by – um. Just trying to find the right job, and um, well, you you came out of the army. Yeah, you were in the military too. Right? In the military, um, a couple of deployments, and I kind of like PJ. I thought it was something I wanted to do for a long time, and um, ended up making my way out and became a personal trainer. And um, actually, somebody had come up to me and they're like, "Hey, you know, the fire department's hiring. You know, you should look into doing that." It was actually a guy that I worked with, and. Um, he was like, hey, I'm applying. You know, you should apply, too. So we both applied for Henrico and Chesterfield. And Chesterfield was quicker on the draw. So they won. Chesterfield yeah, they won. won. Cool. So I went with them. And um, I grew up in Chesterfield. So that's another reason why I decided to go that route. That's so. nice. Are you are – you, you're at uh, – where are you at now? Um, I was yeah. at, at 11 for six years, and then I'm, now I'm at 19. Yeah. So. You're, in your, you're, you're serving your neighborhood where you grew up? I was, yeah. At 11? Oh, yeah. really? Cool. That's yeah, pretty neat. Dale District. So you knew the district, at least yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah, I knew it really well. Yeah, cool. So it was awesome. But now you're at uh, 19. At the 19. A little different than number 11. Yeah, like one call every two days and, you know, a little bit of real water stuff going on. And Please please don't. Best kept <laughs> secrets in the fire department are those <laughs> non-running companies. Yeah. You know it's on Beach Road. Oh, you know they call it the Beach yeah. House because it's the on Beach Road. <laughs> the beach, I heard it called yeah. the Beach House before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, on Beach true. Road. So gotcha. Good. That's funny. <laughs> what about you, Chase? How did you get uh, in the department? Uh, I am a multi generational fire department kind of story. Uh, my grandfather served as a firefighter for a little bit when he was uh, in the military. Uh, my dad is a 30-year vet. Uh, my brother is also a 15-year vet. He was medically retired a few years ago. And pretty much every male in my family, on at least my mother's side, has been in the fire service at some point in their life. So I grew up in the firehouse from the time that I can remember. So the family legacy lives on? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you can say that. Uh Currently um, stationed in Henrico at Station 9, uh, getting ready to move over to Station 8. It's my second tour over at Station 9, so I've been on for 18 years now. So eight's uh, over on Patterson? Yeah, Is that where it's at? the yeah. Bad Bottom. Bad Bottom. It's a new house, though, right? Relatively new house. Uh, yeah, it's it's been remade in the last few years, so it doesn't smell like mold inside. <laughs> like most of the old ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I worked with your dad for a little while in, uh, in, in, in Hanover when I was up there, and uh, um, lean as we used to call mm -hmm. him. He was he was one of those guys that was in a fire station. You always had to kind of wonder what he was up to because he was quiet. He was always doing something, but occasionally he was up to no good pulling pranks. <laughs> he, uh, the one the biggest one I remember was he was in the back treating a patient, and the female medic who was driving to the hospital, he uh, he ran a strip off and put that up in front of him. Goes, hey, what's this? And it's it's VTAC. What, what? It's VTAC. He goes, yeah, that's what I thought, and jumps back in the back of the ambulance. So it was, he, she was like, you need me to stop? Do you need me, you need to take a, no, no, he's fine now. She just kind of <laughs> torqued her off that, uh, hey, what, what do you think this is? It's VTAC. So. Yeah, when when he spoke in the firehouse, he either had something really good to say or really funny to say. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's one of those guys you always listen to. So yeah. Him and it was two other Henrico firefighters were the part-time ALS staff in Hanover when we first started the career, mm -hmm. career crew up there, so. Good times. How busy is your house? Eight, uh, nine, where you're at, and eight, where you going? Uh, nine, we're probably we're in one of the more busier houses, but uh, not necessarily the, the busiest house. Uh, our medic is a lot busier than our engine is. 
And the reason I'm getting moved out is because we're getting a new rescue from one of the neighboring stations to come over and their personnel's coming over with them. So I got shipped out to a different, different house. It, is there a station where the medic runs less than the engine? Uh, probably not. Uh, I would have to say probably not. Most of the stations are are medic driven. Yeah, I always told people it was. Uh, they say we were fire based EMS. I said no, we're not. No, we're we're, not. we're EMS based mm-hmm. fire. We occasionally run the fire call. And, but PJ, I think you hold the yeah, record for I'm how sure. many calls you ran in a shift. You tell us. Oh, we yeah. came, you came in here one day. How many one, was it? We had 41. In one day? In one, in one day. 24-hour shift? Yeah, that's not typical for us. But yeah. What's typical? Uh, probably somewhere between 12 and 20 is probably. 12 and 20. Pr- pr- something, yeah, somewhere in there is probably pretty typical. But we we had a storm blow through, like, one of the just, and it, it just, everything let loose. And it was, uh, that was the busiest day I've ever had. Now, we do have companies in the city that regularly run high 20s, low 30s. Yeah, you know, it, it uh, there's definitely guys who would laugh at me for complaining about twelve. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily complain about it, but but uh, for uh, even, for uh, even, even making acknowledging that I did one day with 41 runs, they're like, oh yeah, that was Tuesday. <laughs> so we do definitely have companies That's around cute. the city. That's cute. Yeah, exactly. That's cute. Nice day. It, uh, but uh, where I'm at, we're we're probably about halfway uh, as far as. You know the engine companies in terms of being busy. There's 33 engine companies, and you know we're probably somewhere in that halfway as far as uh, being busy. Every you know with the run totals at the end of the year, it, not the busiest, not the slowest, but. But it, I think uh, the the biggest difference is compare that to, to 19 where Jesse's at is how why, how long do you think 19's district is? You go. Oh yeah, it's huge, and there's definitely. I'm not I'm not downplaying it by any means. It's you have a lot more room to cover and a lot more stuff that can go wrong yeah you know because usually when people call you out there they're right, they're calling right. you because they actually need so, you yeah it's been good to, i was going to say it's i don't want anybody to listen to this and be like oh jesse's complaining about being it you know, no, it's no. been it's been it's a different set of problems you know you're it's like, an awesome water, station yeah <laughs> it's, it's great awesome i love challenge. it there <laughs> but like the real water, water aspect for me has been the huge challenge but it's like i love it just because it's something new but the difference to DC is you got probably, I don't know, just I guess maybe ten times the people in a two block area that your That's district. Crazy. How big is your district? Uh, not not <laughs> huge. Not <laughs> eight, comparatively, eight not huge. It um, until uh, I don't know. I guess about two or three years ago, twenty two engine. So we're we're in the fifty one hundred block of George Avenue. Twenty two engine was in the fifty seven hundred block. So we were literally six blocks from each other, and then to the east of us, fourteen engine is is about nine blocks from us. Well, about eleven if you go if you count going south, but close. yeah. So it, now twenty two has since moved up a little, a little ways, but it uh, comparatively our areas are very small. But I, I guess the difference is there's a lot of people in those areas. Yeah, and your your response times from one side of the district to the other very short. Yeah, nothing yeah, very short. It, you run um, a run an EMS call in yeah, off a of beach road. It's three hours to get back to the station. <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah. not have that. And they want to go to St. Mary's. Oh yeah, and they want to go to St. Mary's. Everybody in rural areas, <laughs> three three counties away. You want to? We want to go to Fredericksburg for the hospital. Well, I've had one of those one time. No, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think we're going that far. Well, uh, so we when we were talking last time, I kind of asked the question of um, what any calls you know that were kind of humorous or fun. And Chase made the comment, you know, it's not the humorous or the fun ones, it's the dark ones that kind of stick with you more than the fun ones. Uh, why do you guys think that is? I mean, I, I kind of I have an idea of one reason why. I mean, the, the, they're, they're horrible incidents to look at, and we've talked about CISD and, critic, and peer support teams, and we'll get into that too, but why do you think those stick with us more than the others? It's the ones where you, you always want to do the best job that you can, and when something happens that's – that has a, a negative consequence at the end of it, or it, it doesn't go the way that you planned it. There's always some reason that you kind of Monday morning quarterback yourself of, we could have done this better, we could have been faster here, we could have done this. But after you look at the problems for but so long, you kind of realize that it wasn't necessarily anything that you could have done to make that that problem much more better or the outcome be any better more positive than what it was but we're all perfectionists we always want to save the day so when you don't get that result then it 
it definitely sticks with you and makes you want to do better later. Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking, at least conceptually, globally was, you know, this didn't end the way I wanted it to, but I, in what did I do or not do that didn't make it happen correctly? Did I not get there quick enough? Did I not do the right treatments? Did I not do the right hose line play? Whatever that was, you wind up beating yourself up a, a bunch in the process oh, yeah. until you get there. You guys think the same thing, or is there something different? Yeah, I think your, your question was, you know, why is it? Or why, why do those stick with you longer than the funny ones? I mean, we, there's some funny ones out there too, but the, yeah, and I think for obvious reasons too, because it's well, you know, it's all, this isn't a normal job, you know, like a nine to five where everything's structured out and planned for you. So if everything is, you never know what's going to happen. Everything is so different, and it's um, there's just no better way to word it, but it's just. The majority of the time, it's a certain type of trauma that's just happening over and over again. So, you know, you run one call, you got to run another one, you got to run another one. It's just the compounding effect of these strange calls of people's worst days happening. Cumulative. Yeah. So I think that's what that that's how it is probably for me, you know, not speaking for everybody else. But anything different, kind of of the same. I mean, it it, uh, you people are calling us to help them. And if, if it doesn't go how you want it to go or think it should go or could have gone or whatever, whatever the case it's, uh, I know like for me, I look at that as a failure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I, I didn't sign up to be a failure in anything, never mind when it, you know, results, you know, potentially in somebody's life or yeah, you know, what, what, whatever the case it's easy. It's, it's, it's easy to forget about fun stuff. It's hard to forget about something that you feel you failed at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where it sticks to me. If, if, uh, you know, I, I don't like even when it's something that, that, you know, everything goes, everything goes exactly how it should, but the outcome still isn't what you want it to be. But if, you know, if there was a mistake made, it makes it, to me, it makes it that much harder to, you know, to have a pill to swallow. And I, I we talk about it a lot at work. It, uh, I could probably honestly tell you, I've never been to a fire where I haven't made a mistake. Fortunately, it's never resulted in any serious injury. It's never resulted, you know, nothing, I, I guess, necessarily bad has happened, but I can't say that I've ever gone and, man, I really nailed that. I 100% of what I just did was absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that anybody, somebody would be lying to say that that's, you know, that that's, that, that they have experienced that. It, uh, you know, if you, I, I think if you said you did everything 100% right on any incident, fire or EMS call or whatever, you're, you're, you're probably fooling yourself. Yeah. I had a, a good friend of mine, not in Virginia, she ran a call as an officer and it was uh, two fatalities in a car accident. And it was, one of one of the fatalities was still living this was one of the, a young kid who the body just hadn't quit working yet basically mashed this part of his body and mm-hmm. his third grade was spilling on the ground so you know obviously a a patient that was non-survivable so she focused efforts on the other two that were and um we were talking about it a couple of weeks after the fact and oh this doesn't bother me and the more she talked the more she talked about it i'm like sure it's you sure it's not it may not be bothering you but it's you're at least talking through it and it might not bother you but it affects you yeah, yeah. so so yeah it's it, and you know that kind of i think plays into what happens in this room a little bit too <clears throat> somewhat with stress management but i know we do um when when i was in we started critical incident stress debriefing that's the was the buzzword back in the day and now it's a little more peer debriefers and yeah. jesse you've gotten into that team yeah as i was well, gonna say they right? just i think they transferred it to just you know calling it peer support yeah. and now um I know in Chesterfield they they'll actually send a a team out, you know, just you know if it's a like pretty significant call, um, whether it be you know something that's a very odd type of traumatic call that or that the team might deem as being traumatic, and they'll come out to the station and talk to those people. Hey, you good? You know, what do you need? Do you or what do you don't you know? Do you want to talk or you don't have to? You don't have to talk if you don't want to. Just knowing that we're there, and then they'll dispatch people to those stations. Who who can call for that? I know we we I did it the one one incident I was involved in the command staff kind of made that call because it was a it was a pretty bad. I, I'm pretty, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's like like the officer like you know PGP you know, lieutenant you know you he would look at the situation and be like you know I think we need to have somebody come out I, to the station. I, and talk I know to for, for us for us it could be anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I actually speak of the funny stories. I have a funny story with the uh, peer support we have in DC also. It, uh, Turn that microphone just a little bit that way. It, just up, up. Yeah, there you go. Cool. So it, it uh, so we we have peer support also. I'm not going to say any names because he's still there. But we have a guy who it uh, he's living a pretty cool life. He doesn't really necessarily have a house. He he uh, he's made up a pretty cool setup in his truck, and 
he's uh kind of traveling around skiing oh, traveling just really living a living a cool life well just through the rumor mill some somebody and i don't know who it is had, had heard that he was living in his truck so they called the peer support team and had the peer support team <laughs> get in touch with him to make because sure they that he was homeless. Yeah, this just, out of yeah, exactly. This, like, just, this has just happened here in the last like, few nah, weeks. Dude. He's like, no, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> this is great. Right, this is by choice. I'm, right. plan, man. I'm living a great life here. But anyhow, it's it. Uh, well, yeah. hey, that shows you your guys are actually looking out for each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's no, what it all great. comes down to. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So how about Henrico? Henrico's got a team as well, don't they? Yeah, we have. We're part of the peer support group too. I know that the metro area has a a pretty good regional support group where each county or locality can handle their certain things in-house or if it's a a larger thing that affects more than one jurisdiction, they can bring in different people from Richmond, Hanover, Chesterfield, Henrico, uh, any of the areas that are participating in to be able to to use those resources and it all works the same you can call individually you we have a, a list of everybody that's on our peer support team so if if you think that you need to talk to somebody you could go down the list and find somebody that you want to talk to as opposed to calling and saying hey i need to talk to somebody and they send you somebody out and maybe you have a a personal thing with whoever comes out or whoever it is or you just don't feel like you want to talk to those people at that time somebody that you don't know maybe you want to talk to somebody you don't know that you've never had any interaction with maybe it's somebody that you want to be able to trust a little bit more with with something that they've gone through it so you can so you get you can you can you you can can select yeah you can tailor it to to your needs individually and also if for whatever reason for a call or anything that goes wrong officers whoever it is that's on the call command staff can call and say okay we're gonna put you all out of service we're gonna have some people come in make sure you're doing okay doesn't necessarily have to be right after the call it can be the next shift or something like that too so it it's very open uh, a very open resource for us that's awesome how, how big a deal is it that somebody can uh, – it's not a sign. You ask your supervisor, hey, I'm having an issue. They go, okay, yeah. here's here's PJ. You guys talk. Go go do your talk. How important is it that you you or whoever's having the issue can look down that list and go, hey, you know, uh, Jesse and I worked together a couple of years ago. I know we went through this yeah. peer, peer training. Hey, let's oh, yeah, get together. And the importance of it is huge, you know, because everybody is – it might not just be because of calls. It could be because it's just family life, and then it comes. In, you know, they come to work, and they, you know, we, you never know what people are dealing with at home. But the importance of that is huge, and I think um, the confidentiality piece is is what's making it better. Because you know, if you tell me something, you need to know that Jesse's on the peer support team, and he's not going to go. He doesn't go running to the bosses. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guess what? Right. Unless yeah. there's that situation of you know, him wanting to hurt himself or herself or hurt other people, but that's usually not the case. Usually, it's Hey, I'm, it could be you know problem with alcohol, drugs, relationship, and a lot of that. A lot of times you keep that between those two people. But um, and that's been that's the hardest part about peer support is you know in the fire service there's that that masculinity to tie to a lot of you know it's just it's just how it is you know it's like that with the military it's like that it can be like that with the fire service sometimes and just um, building that new those new foundational blocks of trust More like cultural piece yeah. of, Hey, it's, I'm not, right. I'm yeah. Yeah. You may be macho fireman right. or fire, firefighter. And that's what makes every it now hard and for then, people to yeah. reach out, you yeah. know? Um, I think you have to kind of break down the two words of peer support. Cause me and yeah. PJ can, can be peers because we've been in the fire service about the same amount of time. He's a, a, a Lieutenant. I'm a firefighter. But he, I can go to PJ and and say, hey, I'm having difficulties with this, and he can relate to me as opposed to uh, a person that just got on a, a peer support team that's 23 and doesn't have very much life experience. I don't want to go talk to that person necessarily, but there might be another young person who wants to talk to that person. Or so some, it's yeah, or some have, other non-fire, you know, just yeah. this counselor that you get. It just got me thinking too. You know, another thing, you just even just creating a dialogue for it like we're doing now. 
So like I could be having a problem with stuff at home and with not with my department. And now I know Chase is okay just talking about this kind of stuff. So I might just reach out to Chase. So I think just making it normal to talk about this stuff. Yeah, the normalization of yeah. of being able to talk about your problems is, is the biggest hurdle I think yeah. that we run into with any of the peer support. Right. And you mentioned that regional concept and the teams. I, I think the 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 one time I, that pops into my mind and I remember is when uh, Brad Clark was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know Pete Hypes, who was one of Chestfield's, he's a retired lieutenant, still involved with I his peer Pete. support. Pete's awesome. Um, I think he and I were talking one day at the hunt club and he had been in Hanover just doing rounds at some of the stations around Hanover, uh, touching base with the guys. And uh, I think that that does a whole lot. And occasionally it might open a door and go, Hey, yeah, I'm really having an issue with this. Yeah. I think we had two or three different groups of people come through. Uh, I know we had one group from Chesterfield come through, had a group from Henrico and they actually, they, uh, they had kind of teamed up everybody together. So like you had a, a guy from Henrico and a girl from Richmond and a guy from Chesterfield and they mm. they kind of put everybody mishmashed together so that it it actually worked out pretty well. Oh, neat. We 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 just sent the team up to uh, Baltimore for the same thing after their line of duty. Right. Just yeah. here in these last few weeks, they sent uh, I don't know how many ended up going, but I, they they sent a group from our peer support team up there. How long did they go to go up there to stay? stay I think they were there, there several days. Yeah. It, uh, we actually just got two, uh, I don't know what the right term is, but dogs that, to help with the peer Emotional support, support dogs? Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure yeah. what the right title is. Therapy dogs. But therapy dogs of some sort. Uh, and what's so good about that, too, is like you're sending people from a different jurisdiction. So I can talk, feel like you know, D- PJ works from D.C. He's coming down to talk to guys in Chesterfield. PG doesn't know anything about me or any of these other people. None of the politics. There's, 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 there's a bit of anonymity. Right. Yeah. None of the SOG so things that yeah. people want to talk about. Yeah. An awesome route we're going it, with that. Yeah, yeah that's it, pretty cool. I, I, like I said, I, I don't know too many details other than just that we sent uh, a team up there. It's, it's an awareness thing, too. I, I mean, I, I mentioned that when I when I, when this first started hitting the business, it was critical incident stress debriefing, and, and I was on med flight at the time, and I think it was some – grad student wanted to do research on post-traumatic mm. stress and ems in the fire department they talked to these five guys they're on one of the most stressful jobs they're in helicopters by themselves dealing with people who are dying left and right and we're going we're not messed up we're not we're okay we're not we don't have any stress what are you talking about the macho up. the <laughs> macho not no, me good, it's man. not going to happen to me and you know the more we did i think we did a couple of group sessions with all five of us and then we did some individual stuff and then by the end of it it's like damn maybe this is messing with my head a little bit yeah. and uh you know, how you how you deal with it from that point on is kind of that. Then it becomes a light bulb coming on and going, oh, okay, this is why that's happening, and that's why this is happening. And it becomes this cascading effect moving forward. So, I mean, I, I jumped up and yelled at a battalion chief, thought I was going to get fired one night because of it, <laughs> because, of, because of a phone call. That's a long story too. But so, how does uh, you know, we all met? Um, anything else about peer support or the, the that type of stuff you guys want to hit on or share your experience with or? No, I've never individually used it, but the the group peer support stuff that I've been involved with, with them coming to our station when Brad died, uh, we've had a couple other times where uh, we've had uh, a couple of our Henrico guys commit suicide. They've come out to all the stations to make sure that everybody is on the up and up and dealing with it appropriately. They've always been very helpful in in my opinion not a lot of people it's not a lot of people like to to know that they're coming and it, they feel like it's kind of a burden that they have to sit down and talk with some people for a little bit but i think that it's one of those things that nobody ever regrets about talking about and venting and letting some stuff out at the end of the whatever meeting that they do i think it's it's very productive for for everybody to be able to to go through that and the only i'll say is it's not it's it's not a one and done thing either no, absolutely um, not i'm talking with a guy i've been talking with a guy who was at the um i mean you guys probably only know it, petersburg fire on market street where mike golf got killed mm-hmm. 40 years ago next month and i'm trying to get a group of people together to talk about the incident and one of the guys i talked to who was there um he says to this day, he said about two weeks before, he starts feeling anxious. He starts getting stressed. He gets short with people. He gets antsy. 
And he says when he finally realized what day it is, he's like, now I know. That's why. Yep. And it's 40 years later, and he's still dealing with the effects of it. And he was, he was kind of right in the middle of that and knew Mike pretty well. So it's not a one-and-done kind of thing. So <coughs> long and ongoing. So how we met um, and how maybe how what goes on in here kind of helps with that, too. We we started doing jujitsu here at Aegis Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just off the mats. We still smell like yeah. jujitsu mat and man and man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get choked today. That's We were doing too many drills, I guess. Or I no, just enough <laughs> drills. Because <laughs> you went with PJ? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's why. Fake yeah, news. <laughs> fake, fake news. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So let's talk about jiu-jitsu for a little bit. Um, Chase, you've been at it the longest. How did you get started? Uh, I've kind of dabbled in martial arts pretty much all of my, I guess, older childhood upbringing type of side. I was fascinated with martial arts movies and wrestling and all the all that kind of action stuff so i've done taekwondo and karate and i did wrestling uh, in high school uh, and got into jujitsu at a younger age got hurt a little bit uh probably more hurt my ego than it was an actual injury we'll talk about egos on the go out here too (laughs) uh stopped jujitsu and thai boxing for quite a while and got back into it uh, probably, f- I don't know, five or six years ago, and haven't looked back since. Now, uh, relatively new purple belt. I think you got that last fall. Uh, October. October. Yeah, I think so. And a uh, and a uh, one of the instructors here at Aegis in the West End. So uh, taught me a few lessons along the way, for yeah. sure. Try to teach what I what I know the yeah. little bit that I do. PJ, how about you? How did you get there? You're here. Podcast. Jocko podcast. Jocko, Jocko, Joe Rogan, Andy Stumpf. It, uh, I heard them talking about it, and I figured if it was good enough for them, it, it there must be something to it. Let's give it a try. Yeah. Give it, give it a try. So been here ever since. Yeah, and, and that's all she wrote. They didn't talk anything about cheating though. What's yeah, that? they didn't talk anything about cheating though. Yeah. You cheat PJ, a lot. Sidebar, sidebar. PJ come up with the cheats. <laughs> cheats on his own. <laughs> PJ cheats in case anybody didn't. Hashtag. Know. Hashtag PJ cheats. <laughs> No, I, everybody jokes with PJ because he's saying he cheats, but I, I think it's just a matter of the fact that um, that fine D.C. schedule allows him to be here 26 uh, yeah. days out of the month and train <laughs> twice a day. And, yeah. I wonder how good I do yeah. with sleep. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> yeah, maybe not 26 days out of the month, but pretty pretty darn close. You're, 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 we trained for, what, an hour and a half, two hours today. You'll be back tonight for another. That will be. No gee tonight. No gee tonight. Yeah. You guys can all come too. 630 tonight. <laughs> You might actually do that. <laughs> there you go. All right. I think the gauntlet's been thrown down there. What about you, Jesse? How'd you get here? Um, Charlie Brink, who uh, he, he's been slacking a little bit. I'll Uh-oh. call him out. Right. We're, um, Tag him in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we we'll call him um, out. He, uh, him and his girlfriend were over one night, and um, we were just talking about fitness and just just shooting it. And I was like, um, man, you know, kind of stuck with life. Don't know what I'm going to do. You know, just. And just in a rut, and he was um, just come do jujitsu with me one day, and I came for a class, and I was terrible at it, and haven't been that bad at something in a long time, and I, was, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Like PJ, I think I got through you know Jocko's podcast, and he talks about how you know all the lessons learned in jujitsu apply to leadership and life and whatnot, and um, my experience was kind of like that. I started six weeks before the pandemic hit at another gym and the first night in a gi um you might have doing doing a lesson doing a couple of moves and i think we were doing like knee on belly to mount and then you just drill guard passing with another up a longer serving white belt so all the new people went against the the, the upper white belts if you will they matched me up with a girl who weighed maybe 140 pounds who i outweighed by at least 80 probably closer to 100 at the time and um she just had a hold of me and i couldn't get away and she swept me and i didn't know what happened and i'm like how in the hell can she at 140 pounds basically not let me get past her feet and then 
roll over and then be sitting on top yeah. of me like did what she wasn't even trying. What and sorcery what, is this? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's coming back. Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. It's like it's constantly this like unknown thing that you, I mean, you, I'm, I'm learning stuff every day yeah. I come in. How did um, she do that? How did you do that? Yeah. All of the aha moments, the eurekas that pop up. It's great. It, yeah, it's awesome to to keep you mentally engaged as well as physically engaged. Yeah. When do the ahas and eurekas start coming? Because right now I just have oh gods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've had several you've had ahas. Several ahas. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what? Go over here. Let's try this. What? Oh, here goes PJ. Okay. No. Yeah. I had the but, same thing. Victor. Victor's five foot six. Something maybe, like 135, that. 135, 140 pounds. Five foot small. Purple belt. Yeah, yeah. Purple belt also. It, uh, and same thing. We came in and uh, <laughs> he beat my butt all over this place for an hour. It, and never hurt. Didn't hurt. Nothing hurt. Couldn't move. And I didn't understand why. And I left that night. I was like, I got to know how to do this. And I think and, Dave, Dave was saying something about that. Either it was today or last class. He's like, for most people, that alone right there either keeps them coming or they're just done. Sure. You yep. know? And I guess I'm one of those people. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just keep going. <laughs> so it gets back to the ego. It's you think the people that got the big ego would go, oh, it, so. it's yeah. it's it's witchcraft. That's how she was able to sweep me. I'm you know, this is this is stupid. I'm never coming back. Or yeah. oh, holy crap, what the hell just happened to me? I got to figure this out so it doesn't happen <laughs> for real. Then, you, then it still happens to you. You just then you just know what happened to you. Yeah. Still can't yeah. stop it. You just know that it happened. Yeah. When, when you have that person that is far lighter, far weaker, far older, younger, whatever it is, and you go, oh, I, I can take this person at any time, and then all of a sudden you get put in the washing machine and you don't know how you got where you're at, and all of a sudden you can't breathe or your arm hurts really bad, and you're like, somewhere along the way I made some poor life choices. And <laughs> yeah. in in the in, I've rolled with Victor too, and he gets on top of you, and he, he feels like he weighs 300 pounds. He does. He's in, he's obviously not. He's maybe 140, 150, but dude, the way he balances and the way he yeah. uses Incredible. leverage is just you can't move him. He, he's nope. he's there. Goals. Yeah. And that's kind of I think that's where jujitsu really started was uh, the Gracies kind of brought it from Brazil to the states, and the the whole idea was some of the Gracies family were smaller and they were getting beat up in the streets of Rio, I think, and yep. they went, we got to figure this out, and by golly, they did. <laughs> they did. So how does uh so how does being here relate to what we were talking about about peer and stress debriefing? Does this does this how it well or does this translate to being on the fire ground or in the fire station or in, even in even if you're not working in the fire service? I mean we've got there's a handful of police officers that come here too, which I guess shocks me a little bit because they they come but they can't use some of the techniques because they're chokeholds in here. And they can't use that by policy in the field. So we, we do have police officers that come and train too. But uh, how does it how does it help us, or how does it help you guys in the station deal with stuff that's going on there? Well, I think that I guess it was probably Joe Rogan said it best was that it's a uh, it's a high stakes game where bad decisions can end up having dire consequences. Something paraphrased like that of. And that kind of relates back to the fire department of you're on a call, your adrenaline's pumping, you're going to whatever type of emergency you're going to, and you have to be able to perform. And when you make mistakes, bad things can happen. So you have to be able to focus on exactly what you're doing at that time. It doesn't matter if you had a bad day or no sleep or uh, you don't feel quite 100% that you still have to to be on top of your game every step of the way or negative things are going to happen. And that relates uh, probably a little bit more in the consequence area to jujitsu than it does to the fire ground because we can make up a lot of stuff on, on the fire ground to keep uh, those mistakes to uh, a low. But when you make mistakes on the jujitsu mat, you can end up in a really bad position really quickly. So it, it keeps you mentally and physically engaged to uh, the situation that's at hand. You don't have time to worry about the other stresses of the day or what's going to happen later down the line. You have to be able to focus exactly on what's happening right now or 
you end up in a, a worse position every time you distract yourself. What about you guys? I think say I, I would agree with Chase, and it, uh, also I'd say from uh, my and uh, the fitness aspect of it has been huge. Yeah. It uh, when I came in here, I was I was over two hundred and forty pounds. You know, in, in a, no time. I think the last tournament I weighed in one hundred and eighty pounds. So, so less yeah. than a year was that? that was yeah, year give or take. Right yeah, it uh, you know so just between lo- losing weight, the fitness aspect of it's huge. But uh, also I think it. it uh, for me that the uh you're you're putting a lot of trust into another person at times you may you may or may not even really know that person but you're putting a lot of trust into them that you're going to let them take your arm as an example to, to a point where they could break it if they wanted to and you're trusting that just by saying tap or motioning tap or just from them not being a jerk that they're not going to break your arm or or you know choke you to a point where you know you're you're yeah, you know, you're going to go out or whatever the case is. It, uh, so being, so no, learning to trust other, you know, other people that you're working with. Um, it, uh, I think the other thing for me is, is on the jiu-jitsu mats, when you make a mistake there, generally you can fix it. You know, there's, you know, I, I would assume that that gets more, the more skill you get, you know, you make a mistake, just get, you know, you get mounted, the fight's not over. You got to keep fighting. You got to, you know, figure out how to get out of it, reverse it, whatever you're going to do. Well, the fire service is the same. You can't just th- throw your hands in the air and say, I give up after you made one mistake. If you, you know, you stretch your line and you come up short, you you better figure out how to get more line because you still got to put the fire out. It's so just being able to stay calm after a mistake's made and think through what you got to do next. Try to think, you know, one or two steps ahead if you can, you know, stay ahead of the game. Kind of the same thing Chase is saying, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's just, it's just making you a, a ultimately a better problem solver, you know, and that's what firefighters are. You know, is you're supposed to solve problems like any problem. Like, so I got this problem. Uh, yeah, PJ's other people sitting problems. on top of me. Right. I can't breathe. So and, how do I solve this problem? Right, yeah, your exactly. claustrophobia definitely yeah. improves after a while. And being in here definitely, um, like they were saying, it's just you kind of you have to think through stuff. You can't just flay your arms out and make rash decisions. You can't just bump your hips up in the air and expect things to work. You have to stop. Think about what you've, you know, trained on and learned, and it'll work. You know, just and it's, for me, it's been like, okay, somebody's on top of me. Slow my breathing down. Think about what I'm going through. And the biggest time I've seen it out of the whole year and a half I've been doing this now is when we did the tournament. And I'm so glad I had people here pushing me to do it because I haven't been in that headspace like ever, like that <laughs> kind of something. that kind of fight mentality. And when he did submit to, the he did submit the guy <laughs> yeah, two won. times in a row. Just but, but you know when you're going to come to, away with the gold medal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're riding the front seat of a fire engine. You're going to a messed up call, whether it be house fire, or whatever. For a split second, you might be. I was like, that's what this feels like. You know, you're going. You know, you're going to some really messed up call, and and that's how I felt like there on the mat. I was like, you know, okay, you know, get your breath together. You know, think about what you what you've learned. You know how to do this. Like you're you're not an idiot. You know, you wouldn't be here if people didn't think you could do it. You know, um, so it really just it goes right with the job. I think learning how to slow your breathing down, um, think about what you've learned. So and, can, like, I, I'm gonna kind of relate this just to something in, on the fire ground that somebody could run into. Okay, I'm I'm I just heard a collapse behind me. Mm-hmm. The hose is now cut. Now I'm out of water. I don't know my way out. Take that same kind of mindset Man, of yes. I got to think my Slow way down. through this. All the right, first step is, too, yeah. hey, I got to push the button, call from Mayday, tell them where I'm going walk through that checklist and stay calm. Right. Whatever, or whatever jam, you know, the patient isn't responding to the, okay, let's go back to where are we dealing with the, treating the patient and going back to the square yeah, one. Your, your problem solving under stress is, is absolutely <clears throat> improved on right. both sides of it. And I have a really hard time finding another way to exercise other than the, other than doing jiu-jitsu that can relate to that kind of job. I really have a hard time thinking about it. Um, so that's the tag there. So if you're a firefighter, police officer, get your butt on the mat. Yeah, that, that's that's a challenge. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw that challenge out. Anybody who hasn't tried this in the fire police departments to come and give it a go. We'll talk about that too. 
But I will give you this from your, your first tournament. Your eyes did not get half as big as PJ's did <laughs> when he when that guy grabbed a hold of him that day. Oh that, my that, God. I still flash back to that watching you. And I you, do, too. Your eyes got real big. It was like, uh-oh. Oh, you <laughs> should make that the cover of this podcast. If I had, if I had the picture of it, I could. <laughs> or I'll never forget me, that. Send me the one of you you choking the guy. Oh, right? we're, the, we're, the we're next that's a meme. That's a meme. That would be a good one to clue here, too, yeah. That guy, that guy, gra- that guy grabbed meme. me, and I thought to myself, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> oh, I remember when you yeah. came when you came off the match. So I was like, I, "I've done what I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore." And I don't. Now you're going to Vegas and Florida and Costa Rica and <laughs> to well, train and compete. You know. and, PG, how many tournaments have you done now? What have we done? Three, four? I think four. four I think four. Yeah, four probably. We got the fifth one coming up soon, April. April. Yep. But that first one, that guy grabbed me, and I really questioned the decisions I'd made in my life. <laughs> it was a good it, one. It ultimately was a good one. It was it, fun. <laughs> All right, what else uh, What else about jiu-jitsu? I mean, you mentioned the trust. I think it's – you're right, this trust thing in here. And it's not – I don't want everybody to think we come in here and just beat everybody to yeah. a bloody pulp every day. I, I've been to one gym where they kind of did that. and you know, I was in there for just a week and went, nope, this isn't for me because it was – a bunch of young guys, and they were there to beat up each other every class, and that's not the way this place rolls. No, it's, um, I mean, you can come in here and get beat up, but it's it's of your own doing. Yeah, it's a it's a mutual <laughs> mutual thing because I've rolled with guys that have been you know we've gone a hundred percent sometimes, mm-hmm. but everybody has like they have, we all know what's up, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think <laughs> PJ and Kip were going. This has been a while back, and I think. Uh, one of you said you started out. It was fifty. We're going to go about fifty percent, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and uh, by the time it was over, there wasn't a fifty. <laughs> there wasn't left fifty percent left. <laughs> nope, that's true. And, uh, P- Kip said, uh, "said Yeah, it's only fifty percent till somebody slaps hands." And that's true. It's Fifty-one exactly. and fifty-two and fifty-six and eighty and yeah. But well, I don't think any nobody in here is looking to hurt anybody. That, no, it uh, that, that's why I tell people this is my, this is. I mean, there's much more training in here that happens, even even amongst the lower belts. Oh, yeah. I mean. Jesse and I rolled yesterday, and it was like, hey, I, you, I, let me work this knee on belly escape. And then yeah. we wound up drilling it 15 minutes or oh, so. Gosh, and sure. We're, we're learning it better amongst ourselves. And we're not the instructors, but anybody on the mat is willing to help and teach and learn yeah, other stuff. So. I think that the the sense of community and camaraderie, brotherhood, that I know y'all were in the military, but this is the the closest thing that I have found to that brotherhood and the fire department where you're really close to your crew and the guys that are around you like you said you trust them you you know what they're gonna do they know what you're gonna do and you know their weaknesses they know yours you know their strengths they know yours everything just works the way that it's supposed to Uh, and being in here and those post-training conversations that you have or being able to blow off steam about what happened at work especially with the guys that y'all that know what it's like in the fire department you can kind of bitch and gripe and do all the the things that us firefighters like to do anyway but to it's, to a un, un uh, what's that a neutral source yes exactly <laughs> a, a neutral source. but it it's really great to be able to to have that sense of family when you come in here yeah. to know that oh pj's gonna be here and yeah robbie's gonna be here yeah. hey, everybody's gonna be here that i want to to have a a, a really good time with and, and that i want to grab me by the gi collar and choke me right? yeah exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if like, anybody's gonna do it i'd rather be you guys <laughs> yeah if if you guys aren't here necessarily then there's gonna be other guys there's dave and brian and all the other people bear it that are going to be in here and it you get excited to see everybody when they come in like the door opens up and everybody kind of yells yeah. out your name like it's cheers or something yeah. Yeah. when barrett barrett's been he was out with covid for a, a couple of weeks i mean i saw him yesterday or the day before for the first time i was like man where have you been yeah oh, i had this tough thing it's kind of good seeing him and you're right you miss you miss people that don't sure you wind up yeah. seeing here consistently and this is you're right you haven't been out of the fire station for over four years now this is the closest environment I've seen to it. Um, I think we have a pretty unique thing here too, even compared to other schools. Like you look at when we go to different tournaments around, even the guys who aren't guys and girls who aren't competing, they're 
you know, they're all there helping make helping get everybody ready, watching, cheering everybody on. I agree with that one hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw uh, it this last tournament when I was doing my thing, going head to head with this guy and I looked over where Dave was and it was like I get teary I talk about it now, but I saw everybody there that was in here just like smiling. They were like happier more happy for me than I was. Yep. And was Dave was cool. like had a tear in his eye and I was like, You didn't see I didn't see that with the other schools. I'm sorry. No. no. Not talking bad about anybody. I'm just saying like it is what it is. That's <laughs> how much we're invested in each other. Sure. Yeah. Well, we, we we were at a tournament in Lynchburg, probably this time last year, I guess. And I was on the other side of the mat. I, I was on deck, and I heard another another you know two or three guys back behind us. And I looked across the mat, and there was a line of people standing across the mat. Everybody had Aegis shirts on. Yeah. And it was when we very first started going to tournaments, and whoever these people were said, man, where's this Aegis? Or I, I think they called it Aegis or something yeah. like that. I, they did not say – they obviously didn't pronounce it right. But it, it's like they came here with like 30 coaches. Yeah. And it was like – you know, and, and that was not the case, obviously. Yeah. You know, they were two coaches and the rest was the cheering squad. Exactly. Everybody was there to, you know, to support everybody, help you warm up. Whatever it is that you need, everybody was there to, to do it. Uh, you know, just it, – it's very you – know, I've never been anywhere else, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but – it, it definitely seems that way to me. Yeah, yeah. The the other two schools I went one's not in Virginia. Uh, the other one was a, was a big school, and you had the mat time from this time to this time, and you had to get off. And there's been more than more than an occasional time that this mat, you know, the kids class here is in the evenings and Saturdays, and then the adults roll. But after that, the mat's kind of open, and yeah. you know, it's it's officially today we were officially here from twelve to one. I think what time did you get here? Probably ten thirty. About <laughs> and, <laughs> and training. And we were still rolling at quarter after one. Yep. And so so it's not it's not that high pressure schedule you you're you you can not start before, you're gonna gotta be done by now and you kinda of, it's a little more relaxed and pretty chill, I think. And, and it, it goes all the way through to the end of it. I mean I, I like a lot of times like, you know, obviously we clean the mats after every you know, after every session or whatever the right word is. There's more people wanting to help clean up than there are jobs to do. Yep. Like it's which I would imagine is not the case in a lot that's, of places. Like that's to me, that's an indicator says of of how much everybody sure. everybody takes cares. ownership of yeah. of this place. It's or if you feel bad for not cleaning. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're trying to steal a mop from somebody. Yeah. Or... Sure, yeah. it's kind of like grabbing a nozzle yeah. when you're on the truck company from the rookie. That would that, that, <laughs> that'll never happen. That happened all the time, um, brother. I, mean, <laughs> I did it a lot. <laughs> I have never done that. And so uh, full sarcasm voice. Full sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So what does uh, what does somebody need to do to get started? Just show up, ask questions. Just the the hardest thing that you will ever do is come through that door not knowing what to expect. Yep. The second I, time. <laughs> the second <laughs> coming back through the second time is yeah. the hardest part. Wow. True. But uh, yeah, I'd say do it. Um, like we mentioned the name here before. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S is the how you spell it. And um, they've got a website, Aegis, J-J, A-E-G-I-S-J-J dot com for Correct. Aegis Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of information on there about schedules and um, some profiles. You can even see, um, see Chase's face up there as one of the instructors. And My beautiful mug. You'll see Dave and Brian and all the, the, the two of the most uh, – Two of the black belts are teaching here, at least that I learned from most of the time. So they're here, they're in on there as well. And you can send them a message, you can send them a text, you can stop in. Uh, we, the lunchtime crowd around here is, you know, that's where I come most of the time anyway, just because it's a good crew and a little chill and it's not really packed. So come by at lunchtime, watch, see what's happening. We're out in the west end near the Hilton. I can actually see the Hilton from here since we're in the Aegis Studios of the podcast. <laughs> you just say Short Pump Mall. Yeah, uh -huh. Short Pump Mall works, yeah. But um, and for the firefighters and police officers out there, and um, I talked to Dave about this because uh, he does offer a discount for firefighters and public safety. Which is huge because that's not the case. Right, and it's not the case. No, to not a lot of places yeah, do yeah. that. So it's a it's a nice thing. Yeah. I'm very very grateful for it. And uh, the rates, you know, talk you know talking to about some of the other places, and it's some places will say, well, it's this rate if you come once a week. It's this rate yeah. if you come twice a week. It's this rate if you want to come five times a week. There's none of that here. It's a flat rate. You can come once. Or you can come. How often do you get here? I'd have to mortgage my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. PJ's here like three times a day, six days a week. PJ gets the, the Costco value out of it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> he bought so in bulk. So uh, I'd encourage anybody who's out around Henrico or the, around Richmond to come and check it out. In fact, that's a challenge because I need some new people that I can actually 
get something on occasionally. So come on out and give it a try. Send a message to uh, Dave. Uh, he's the owner of the place. Very open to talk about it and see what, you, what you're interested in and come play. And if you're not in Richmond, uh, go try a school. I think there's, I think most schools will let you come in for a trial visit or a trial week and uh, think about the culture. And you know that one gym I went to in, in another state that was that basically they were there to beat you up. Uh, if that's not your thing, try another one because there's others out there that uh, have a different culture that may be just like Aegis and uh, more of a family and uh, brotherhood atmosphere. And women are here. Um, PJ's wife is here. Yep. Jesse's girlfriend's here. Kids, there's kids classes. Um, give it a try. That's all I got to say. And uh, come, come, give it a go. Yeah, it'll only make you better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else? Anything else you guys got on your mind? Want to share? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Only thing I would say is uh, back to the the uh, peer support thing. Is uh, Jesse mentioned that it, it everybody in the or not everybody, but a lot of times in the fire service, it becomes like a tough guy thing that you can't go and talk about it. It. Uh, I'm stealing this from one of the one of the big names, Jocko or Andy Stump, for one of those guys. But they they talk about uh, about the post traumatic stress, and you know some people call it PTSD. The D being a disorder. It uh, it's not a disorder. It's it's a it's okay to to need to get something off your chest or or you know whatever. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean it's just your way of processing things. You know we all want to have a long career and a good life, and you know it. it uh, it doesn't mean you're weak or something's wrong with you. If you just, you know, if something scrambled your eggs a little bit, it, uh, it, uh, you know, so find out, find whatever your outlet might be, whether it's jujitsu or, you know, hopefully it's not sitting in a bar, you know, uh, trying to find the bottom of the bar, but it started uh, off by just reaching out. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to sound super simple and cliche, but just reach out. Just like coming know, through the jujitsu door. It's yeah. the, yeah. just open the door and make it that's something it. to, and it doesn't have to be it coming and talking chest. to somebody. It could be jujitsu or, or right. you know, I, 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 from what I hear, uh, CrossFit or, you know, things like that are, are good also. I, I, uh, you know, it might just be coming in, coming into jujitsu and, you know, whatever, hanging out with, hanging out with your friends and, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe that might be enough to kind of clear your brains and, uh, you know, make, make you feel okay about whatever did or didn't happen. But uh, just it, uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in what, the, what those guys say about that. It's not a disorder. It's a, uh, it's the way your brain or body. I'm no scientist, but it's a know. reaction to what just happened. Yeah, it's what a reaction to whatever. If you eat bad happen. food and you get a stomach ache, nobody ever says anything about it. Right. But if you happen to have something that affects you mentally or emotionally, everybody has the stigma of that it something that. It's something that they have to hide from right. the rest of the world instead of saying, hey, this actually affected me. I mean, sure. if I went to a restaurant and had bad sushi, I would probably tell you all, hey, I went to this restaurant and had bad sushi and it, it sure. messed my stomach up. I, I, if I ran a bad call and something happened to say, hey, I ran this call with a kid or somebody that looked like somebody that I knew or reminded me of something in my childhood or whatever, I... I'd want to reach out and say, Hey, this, this is what happened to me. I, I don't want it to happen to y'all either. Sure. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the case. I mean, it's, you know, you look, you look at guys like, again, I know Andy Stump talks about it a lot. I mean, the guy was a, you know, he was a, a dev grew guy, you know, it, he would tell you differently, I'm sure, but one of the toughest guys on the planet. And uh, if, you know, if, if it's not too much of a, you know, whatever, if, if, it, if, if he's not, if it's not something that, displays weakness to a guy like that who are any of us to say you know yeah. that we're tougher i mean it's you know it's not a matter of toughness it's right. i would almost argue that it, that it's it's i would almost argue the opposite I, I would have more respect for somebody to to come to you and say hey look i you know that I got issues that scrambled my eggs a little bit can we go you know hang out or you know can we yeah. roll a couple of rounds just so i can get get the stress out or you know whatever the case is yeah. andy so, calls it i mean he doesn't use the disorder he uses it he calls it post-traumatic growth for, yes because at the, was, yep. at the at the end of it once you have gone through that process and gotten help or you know whether it's jujitsu counseling you're on the other side of it you're better because sure. of it yeah, it becomes so. part of who you are and in a lot of ways that's just that can be okay because mm -hmm. now it's time to grow and, you know, yep, make yourself better. Cool. Well, guys, we've been at it an hour, and the good news is is that thing is still recording, so I didn't screw it up 
Good Twice. <laughs> now, now all I got to do is save it to the hard drive. Good job drive to the, the production computer. team. Yeah, production team came through. Yeah, production team. So I'm sorry. So Chase Blankenship, Jesse Huckins, PJ Van Manen. There you go. Thank you guys. I appreciate it, and uh, challenge everybody to come out and roll with us on the mats. Cool. Thank Thanks you for having us. Thanks, John. Thanks again to Chase and Jesse and PJ for helping me out once again with this episode. And if you're interested, today's episode drops uh, Monday, February 28th. And at noon today, all of us are going to be on the mats at Aegis Jiu-Jitsu out in the West End of Henrico outside of Richmond. Invite everybody to come out and check it out. Uh, check out Aegis Jiu-Jitsu on the web at aegisjj.com with a reminder to law enforcement and fire service personnel as well as military that uh, Dave and crew at Aegis offer a very nice discount to those who are in public safety and public service. So if you're interested, come check it out. Come train with us. Uh, we'd love to see some more folks out on the mats. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please visit patreon.com backslash firehouse logbook podcast and subscribe and get some behind the scenes information, some bonus content as well. Otherwise catch us on the web through Twitter at FD logbook or Instagram at FD logbook podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at FD logbook podcast as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.